0: of tailing fish. And the perfect fly rod. Whoa,
1: yeah.
0: And get ready for some magic.
1: What oh, an awesome eat, man. I got one! Oh, damn, I
2: got him, I got it! I got him. Join
0: Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. Better late than never. That's what I always say. <laughs> if anybody has a small caliber handgun that I can borrow for the evening to shoot my computer so they I don't alarm my neighbors, I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, truth be told, I lost track of time I'm on daddy duty tonight. My wife is out at a ladies' function, so I've got the boys kind of wrangled up, hoping to... Uh, Have them give me a little peace and quiet before we can do this show real quick. Um, Anyhow, welcome to the Monday night edition of the Kayak Fishing Radio Network, uh, the Monday night kickoff show, if you will. I am your host, Charles Levi, also known as Redfish Chuck in social media land. Joining me as always, my uh, good friend and partner in crime, Mr. Pepe Vidal. What's up, brother?
2: What's up, man? How you doing, man?
0: Like thank you, you said, the better late than never, right? Yeah, thank you for the text. I appreciate that.
2: <laughs> Not a bomb, man. I was wondering what the heck was going on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. So, let's man. see. <clears throat> all kinds of things to talk about tonight. I guess we can talk about all kinds of things. Um, I know a, a group of our Space Coast sky went and did the... Uh, little econ trip yesterday looked like they had a great time doing that i just saw on my news feed on facebook that some trappers pulled a 13 foot gator out of the little econ (laughs) thus (laughs) just proving to me that i probably don't belong in uh narrow freshwater estuaries where creatures of that magnitude roam no i'm kidding we see we see gators like that all the time in a motor zone. But yeah, it's uh still it's pretty cool to see something that size. It's a shame they had to kill it, but regardless. Peppy, did you do any fishing this past week?
2: Um, yeah, on Saturday, uh I actually got out on Saturday morning and
0: I actually did I got out
2: one day, you know, one day during the week. I went out with Alan. Never do this or nothing like that. It was one of those days during the week, after to work. And said, what the heck, Alan? what are you doing? He said, Duh, nothing, whatever. And we started talking about it. I go, well, you want to go to No Motor Zone and chunk some bait? Yeah. He said, okay, let's go do it. So it was one of those things. We just went over there and chunked some bait. And sure enough, you know, I'm in that Florida Sportsman uh, kayak challenge, so I need to catch a big red anyway. So I want to chunk of bait to catch a big red. Um, go get there, start cast netting bait. Start catching some mullet and stuff like that, and sure enough, as I'm cast netting and and catching bait, here comes the big red that I needed to catch. Walking, and swimming right by me while while I'm cast netting there. You know, it's like oh great, you know. But yeah. um, proceeded. Yeah, man, it was one of those things. You know, it's like oh, what am I supposed to do? I have a cast net in my hands. You know, it's like. <laughs> but um, proceeded to keep on fishing, and uh, we didn't catch anything. We just spent the spent the afternoon both was there sitting there looking at each other and going, Okay, why are we doing this again? You know one <laughs> <laughs> of you know, it's like why why are we doing this? Again? <laughs> but uh but we didn't catch anything and then, then I went out Saturday morning and Saturday morning I actually went to Mosquito Lagoon and actually had a very good, productive early morning bite. Um did go out to the mosquito lagoon and did find, I did catch um, one, I caught one 33-inch red um, and ended up catching some smaller smaller reds that were in the slot and then ended up catching some nice trout too. So I did end up having a pretty decent morning all by myself in the, in the lagoon and I found the fish, every single fish that I caught, okay? was busting mullet. They were busting the bait pods of mullet. They were not busting them. I want to say they were swimming with the mullet. Okay, that's how I caught these fish. Um, that's how I found them. So, and so that's, that's the morning that I had. And, of course, the bite shut off. By 8.30 in the morning, 9 o'clock in the morning, you were done. You know what I mean? The, it, it pretty much shut off at that time. But I was happy, you know, I had... I did have a good morning, so I'm not complaining about that.
0: Yeah. Well, that's better than I did, and you can hear the boys are making their approach.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) My kids are circling me like sharks.
1: Anyway, (laughs) that's awesome, man.
0: What's that?
2: They want to be on the radio, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know.
1: It's... <laughs> Tell
0: him, Logan. Hey, there you go. <laughs> no, Trey. Like really, you don't babble <laughs> like a baby. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, yeah, it'll be the uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Redfish Chuck and, <laughs> and the Rat Red crew tonight. Redfish yeah. <laughs> Chuck and the Rat and the Rat Red crew. Anyway, um, get up there on the bed. Hey, hush. Anyhow. So, uh, hey, anyway, distractions, my bad. So, uh, no, that's Uh, cool, man. I haven't had a chance to get out and, uh, uh, turn it off, please. Good God. And so, uh, anyhow, I haven't had a chance to get out myself since ICAST. I've been dying to, I just got a, uh, just got a new fly reel sent to me to play with. I got to not mine to keep. I got to return it, but still nonetheless. Um, and, uh, excited about that. We'll release some details on that probably next week after I get a chance to actually use it. Um, the guys over at cheeky fly reels, uh, and I have been talking about possibly bringing them into the shop and they sent me one out to play with to see if I, yeah, I see if I like it. And, uh, we'll see. I'm going to put it to the test on some tarp and maybe some reds whatever. Hopefully next couple of days. I was actually thinking about maybe going and doing a, uh, some, a little bit of night ops out of the port. One of these nights, if we can get a night where we don't have thunderstorms rolling in, uh, maybe get out there and, and try our hand at catching some mangrove snappers and maybe some snook and stuff. That would be pretty cool. But, uh, yeah. So anyhow, um, what else is going down? I know we've got uh, Aust- the Austin Rouse family tournament is coming up. Um, when is that? That's in September, correct?
2: September, yeah. I don't have my calendar right out in front of me, but yeah, it's September.
0: Sometime yeah. mid
2: September, I think.
0: Yeah, if you guys if you guys haven't been out to one of these events, it's, it's one of the one of the best events I've seen all year, or you know that usually take place during the year. Um, it's a great. A great situation for the Rouse family. They uh, have a daughter who has special needs, Emily, and um, this is this is a way for them to raise some money to help keep her in her uh, in her class. I believe it might be the 13th of September, but anyhow, um, you can go check out you can go check out HelpEmilyNow I believe is still their website and uh, and find more information there, or you can go on Facebook and find information there as well um about the emily tournament so feel free to contact us over at kbv outfitters we're the host location again this year very proud to be able to be the host location for this great event and should be great should be good good opportunity and i think austin's doing some things a little bit differently this year uh as far as maybe having an actual captain's meeting or something to where people can kind of fish wherever they want to fish rather than having to stop by and and uh you know, check in or whatever like that first thing in the morning, kind of making kind of takes away some time from those who are standing in line or whatever. And, uh, but yeah, so that should be good. Um, catch photo release as always, always a ton of raffle prizes and auction items and things like that to be had. And, uh, and, um, so yeah, it's, it'll be fun. And Wade there in the chat room checked. He said, yeah, it's September the 13th. Thanks Wade. Appreciate that. But, uh, so what's new and exciting with you, man? What's going on in the world of Pepe? Nothing
2: much, man. Just, uh, same old, same old stuff, pretty much. And, um, um, just, uh, one, I'm looking forward to vacation. I am going to the West Coast of Florida come August 9th, August 9th through the 16th. I'm going to the West Coast, um, Looking forward to that, you know, with the family, kids and, and the wife. and uh, But I am taking a kayak, you know. <laughs> I, I'm going over there, but I am taking a kayak. But I told the wife, uh, we already agreed I'm only going to fish probably two days out of the vacation, you know. Um, I do want to get over there and try to see if I can catch a big snook or something like that. You know, then with their snooks on that side over there, um, yeah. I want to see what I can do over there. I know I got one night, I think I'm going to go fishing one night one time. I'm going to go night fishing, uh, hit the docks at night, and then another day do something else. So that's about, you know, that's what I got going. I don't got much going on other than that. And the kitchen being torn apart, that, yeah, you know, my kitchen, that's another, you know, got the whole kitchen being torn apart. When you come to my house, Chuck, and you see my house now, there was a wall. My one center wall was cut in half that wall was completely cut in half so you could see pretty much the whole house from the kitchen now. And I'm getting nice. new cabinets put in the old stuff. So just imagine my house. That's why last week when I told you I had this stuff going on with the electricians and stuff. Right. Um, yeah, I got that going on. But, uh, but that man, that's about it right now. You know, I don't got much going on. I mean, just, uh, just that, you know?
0: Yeah. Pretty well, much. the dog gaze is, the dog days of summer are officially here. We've got uh we've got 102 degree uh, heat wave coming through. I guess is what they're saying. It's like feels like 102 degrees outside, and whatever. And uh, you guys need to be careful when you're out there on the water, especially this time of year. Make sure to bring plenty of water with you, and uh, you know wear light clothes so you're not going to overheat. Uh, I told you guys a couple of weeks ago, I had a I had a really scary uh, moment out there on the water last time I was out on the no motor zone and I was coming back to the launch and I, I haven't felt that dehydrated in a long, long time and it wasn't for lack of having water on the boat. I had plenty of water on the boat um, and I drank plenty of water too. It's just I didn't drink enough or enough in time, I should say, so make sure to drink water throughout the day even if you don't think even if you don't feel like you're thirsty by the time you feel like you're thirsty it's almost too late so uh yeah it's not it's not good stuff um we of course we have mini season for lobsters here in florida uh next week so we really really want to put an emphasis on anybody who's going out there to do that please be careful make sure you have a dive flag and all that kind of thing there's a lot of really cool spots down just south of sebastian inlet that you can go down right off the beach and dive for lobsters. There's places in the Indian river, South of Sebastian. You can find lobsters. I'm sure you can probably find lobsters up here in the river, but you'd never be able to see the darn things. Um, you know, just get out there, have a good time, enjoy that, that mini season. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll hear some really cool lobster stories afterwards. I know one of my neighbors is heading out tonight at about four in the morning or tomorrow morning, at about three or four in the morning. See, I'll take care of you in a minute to, uh, to um head down to the keys just to get ready, you know, for uh, mini season. So um that should be fun. Uh topic of the night yeah. I guess we'll I guess what we'll do oh, what's that, Pep? What do you got? No, I was just gonna tell you that Letty and uh Lenny and
2: those guys uh a few of those guys they're all headed down to the Keys uh tomorrow. They're all headed down there and they're doing the whole thing, bully netting at night and diving in the morning. So it's you know, they wanted me to go with them. They were they wanted to see if I wanted to go. And, of course, I've been there and all this stuff, and I've done it and stuff and everything like that, Chuck. But you know what, man? I've done mini-season down there, and it is a freaking nightmare. <laughs>
1: yeah, a
0: zoo. It
2: is a nightmare.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, that's why I got a lot of friends that live around the Cape Canaveral area and stuff, and if they don't go out and dive on our wrecks and reefs out here for them, uh, they usually go down to the beaches south of Sebastian and walk off the beach and swim out to about 12 foot of water or so and um, 12 to 15 foot of water and find them down around that way. Plus, too, we have bigger lobsters up here anyhow. So, you know, I, I understand the the attraction of going down the Keys for it, but at the same time, you know, we've got giant bugs here, so it's, it's one of those things. But obviously you can't get them – in, in nearly as shallow water here as you can down there. I think that's probably the big thing, but that's um, right. the one species of fish that's on my mind and I just can't seem to shake it right now is mangrove snapper. I know that there are mangrove snapper all over the intercoastal waterway right now, including Port Canaveral. And of oh. course they're going to be down in Sebastian Inlet as well. They're always down there. Um, one of my, one of my yeah, favorite yeah, okay. species, <laughs> one of my favorite species to, uh, to target, especially when uh, you know it's it's hot during the during the day like it is now. You go out at night and take your time and just kind of relax and chill. Get a bucket full of live shrimp and just go have at it. You know, and it's it's usually pretty constant action. Um, these fish can be found anywhere along the intercoastal waterway system, especially around deep water docks, mangrove shorelines, uh, any kind of rock, uh, little outcroppings. Like the uh, Dragon Point down by O'Galley. Um all of the causeways usually hold them pretty good. There's uh yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun, man. Especially up towards uh, New Smyrna, those guys up there, they get some nice fish up that way too, up around the bridges up there as well. A um, little harder to fish them around the bridges out of a kayak up there because of the current, but um, nonetheless, they're still there. This is one of those fish. This is one of those those fishing trips that you can take the entire family to go do because, literally, it's it's almost constant action. It's great for kids because it'll get them kind of into wanting to be in a kayak and fishing more, especially. Right? You want to go? You want to catch some mangrove snappers, Logan? Yes, Logan says yes, waving his head up and down. Good deal. Anyway, you can uh, hit the bridges and such and. Um, like load it load each family member up with a couple dozen shrimp in a little bucket and just let them have at it pitching shrimp to to uh, fenders in the pylons and it's a very very easy thing to do i'm talking like mm, maybe 15 pound to 20 pound monofilament 20 i would only really use 20 if i'm going into the port but uh 15 pound mono small hook maybe a one or even a one oh live bait style hook if you if you if you don't prefer to uh, if you don't prefer to um, use circle hooks um, and then a, a small split shot about maybe a foot and a half up the leader just a small small split shot just enough to kind of weigh that shrimp down uh, Mike Welsh in the chat room there's asking how do you get the shrimp past the other freeloaders uh, to get to the mangroves well at night typically you don't really have to worry about that because uh, a lot of those, those species that you typically will find during the daytime, your big pinfish, your pigfish, your croakers, things like that that live around the bridge, even whiting, um, they tend to stay real, real close to the bottom. They tend to be you know hug the bottom pretty tight. And uh, cause quite frankly, if you're a pinfish and you're sitting in about – They're bait. You know, eight, <laughs> yeah, eight foot of water and you're sitting up along the top of the water column a big snook or a big redfish is going to make a meal of you pretty quick. At least if you're by the bottom, yep. you've got a chance of shooting into the pylons and hiding, but the mangroves will come out away from the fenders. Now here's, here's a little trick that I used to use quite a bit in the river. Uh, used to do this quite a bit down by Pineda Causeway at night is I'd anchor, uh, or, you know, I guess you could probably try and power pull, but I don't think it'll reach, but you can, uh, you can anchor up current. So like, while we don't have a tide, obviously, when the wind blows one way or the other, it's going to force water through the bridges. It just happens that way. So you figure out which, which direction you're going to drift, right? You're either going to drift north or south, north or south-ish. So if you're going to drift, say you want to fish the north side of the bridge, so the north side pilings, um, and you're drifting through the bridge to the south okay so you're drifting through the bridge to the south but you want to fish the north side you're not going to anchor underneath the bridge obviously you're going to anchor out before you get to the bridge and kind of ease your way back now here's the trick if you can stop yourself 15 to 20 feet off the off the pylons and i wouldn't hang a chum bag off the back of your kayak at night in the river but i would uh certainly chum and the best thing to do is if you can find an area that's slapped full of these glass minnows or um, small pilchards, small mullet, cast net the crap out of those things, throw them in Ziploc bags, freeze them, hold on to them until you're going to go do this trip. Take a good pair of, of kitchen scissors, hopefully not the ones your wife would kick you in the head for using, and uh, get out there at night and just cut these things into, into pieces. You can use a bait knife if you want. But it's a lot easier, a lot more effective, and a lot faster um, just to use the scissors. Just cut them into small pieces and pitch them over the side of the boat and just let them kind of drift back towards the pylons. And what will happen, all of your bigger mangrove snapper will leave the bridge and come out looking for those those pieces. Most of your smaller mangroves, your 8 to 10-inch fish, are going to hang close to those pylons and not going to really want to leave because, again, it's security. If, you, if you're 8 or 10 inches long and you live in the river and you're – you're leaving the, the safety of the bridge, you, you know, you got to understand that you're probably going to get eaten by something. So I tend to find the 14, 15, 16, even up to about 18-inch mangrove snappers around the bridges are, are easier to pull away from the fenders by chumming them that way than the smaller ones are. So with that being said, if you can get them to come out and you got them on that chum line, the best thing to do, forget about the live shrimp. The best thing to do is to take one of those little pieces that you've cut and basically smush it in your fingers. Just kind of just kind of crush it down a little bit, kind of flatten it out. Stuff a live bait hook or a circle hook up up into the meat, but a real light wire hook. You don't want to use a, a thicker wire hook for this, all right? You want to use a nice thin wire hook. And uh, go as light a leader as you can get away with. At this point, you're probably going to be able to uh, – you're probably going to be able to um, uh, get away with using 12 to 15 pound uh, monofilament or even fluorocarbon. At night, go ahead and just use mono. They're not going to see it. It's not going to make a difference. Um, And just pitch that thing over the side without a split shot and just let it kind of flutter back towards the bridge with your bail open. And uh, that's the key, honestly, for me, is, is fishing with the bail open. And I do that offshore when I'm bottom fishing for snappers and groupers and i do it in the river or in the port because snappers traditionally live in giant packs giant schools of fish right so say you've got when it comes out and he grabs a piece of bait and he takes off with it well he's taken off with it not to go break you off he's trying to get away from the other you know 200 of his buddies that are trying to steal the bait from his mouth so let him swim off with it for a few seconds close the bail hammer them land them put them in ice because you're going to keep them because they're delicious um Mike's saying in New Smyrna Beach, he gets pummeled by the pinfish and jacks under the bridges. Well, I mean, at nighttime, if you're still getting beat up by them, then, uh, you know, you, you can try and sink a bait a little bit faster, maybe using a, uh, a smaller egg sinker, fish finder rig type combo, something like that, that would get a bait down to the bottom a little bit quicker. In that current, they probably would stay a little bit closer to the structure, I would imagine. He says, I sleep at night. Well, then you fail. <laughs> anyway.
2: I don't know. Uh, you know what I was thinking? You know what I was thinking, okay. Chuck, about that, about trying to get the bait down to them. I don't know how it works here on the river because I've never done that before. I've never done that, like tried to fish for snapper like that here on the river. But the way we do it offshore, that I, I haven't, that I used to do it a lot this way was we used to do mud balls. I yeah. don't know how it would work here in the river doing the same thing. Like if you want to get that bait down there, you do. We used to do mud balls. let me tell you man we used to tear them
0: up that way yeah that would be awesome and it would probably work pretty well i'll tell you it probably worked better in the port than it would in the river because in the river you don't really have the depth of water i think that's really needed for that you know what i'm saying um most of the time i mean if you're out towards the channel it's a bit deeper but you know you'll find these you'll find these mangrove snappers anywhere from the first set of pylons from the bridge expansion all the way out to the channel, um, they don't really have a, a favorite place per se on a bridge. So um, you know, it's 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 a lot of man. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot. It's a lot of fun. And we were talking about Port Canaveral fishing the other day at the shop, and I get fired up when we talk about Port Canaveral fishing because, quite frankly while we are indeed blessed to have the Mosquito Lagoon and the No Motor Zone and the Banana River and the Indian River and all that kind of stuff, we, are, we, we need to start taking advantage of having Port Canaveral right there in our backyard because it's it's basically our South Florida. Like, it, that's as close as you're going to get to potentially fishing for some giant snook, some giant uh, uh, redfish, some big flounder. Um, as well as the mangrove snappers and everything else that lives in there, too. Um, the port's a different animal altogether when it comes to catching the mangrove snappers. Now, here's the deal with that. You're not going to find it easy to get away from the other
1: uh,
0: bait stealers or whatever. But with that being said, while you're out there and you're looking for mangrove snappers in Port Canaveral, typically in and around the cruise ship basin and such, There's always the ever-present opportunity to catch a giant triple tail at night. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, to me, that's almost worth going just for that, (laughs) you know. I've caught tons of triple tail out of the port at night, and it's easy, 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 easy. It's more or less luck, to be honest with you. You kind of cruise along, and then all of a sudden you – you're, you're fishing an area where there's some lights off the end of the dock or there's some lights over a catwalk or whatever. And you see something floating on his side and you hurl a, uh, you hurl a shrimp out towards him and drag it across the top of his head and he eats it. I mean, it's, it's pretty foolproof when you find them. But then of course there's always the giant snook. So Port Canaveral holds some of the largest snook I've ever seen in my entire life. Water depth probably has a lot to do with that. And the fact that these things are, darn near protected in the port because you know it's so hard to fish the areas where they like to live with that also you've got big schools of jack crevel that come in uh at night um ladyfish spanish mackerel big bluefish. uh there's groupers that live in the port um both gags reds and small goliaths uh i've caught up to five different species of snappers in the port in one trip and from time to time, usually when we get a good blow offshore when it's really blowing hard offshore and it's been nasty out for a couple of days, real rough out there, and no one can get out. If you go out and you fish the port and you fish it hard for snapper species, a lot of times you'll find some muttons that'll get blown in, and uh, I've caught some keeper muttons out of the port uh, from the kayak before, so yeah it's, it there's you never know what you're going to find there, man, also too, in the middle of the basin, there could be uh there could be um you know big giant kingfish so because all the pogies always come in and they hang out in the basins and i've watched 30 and 40 pound kingfish skyrocket in the middle of the turning basin it's not something you're going to go and tie up a bunch of kingfish rigs and go paddle around the port hoping to catch a kingfish i mean it's it's few and far between but at the same time it's always an opportunity um to do so so you know it's the port is changing as we know um It's getting more and more corporate, more and more, um, I guess, less and less, uh, fisherman friendly. It's getting more and more cruise ship and big cargo ship friendly. So you might want to get out there and take advantage of fishing that area while we still can. I don't know if it'll always be open to recreational fishing, you know, or if in the next couple of years, they're going to start closing it down. But I will tell you this too. Um, you definitely want to, uh, You definitely want to uh, get out there on a high tide if you're going to go launch off of the the actual boat ramp. You know, the actual boat ramp. The one I like to use is the one all the way in the back. It's called Ports End Park. But you cannot launch there on a low tide from a kayak unless you use a cart and literally drag your kayak up onto the dock and down onto the floating dock and launch it off of the actual uh, actual, um, floating dock. Yep. Now we'll so, see.
2: We'll see about the new one. We don't know about the new one yet. How that's the new one's
0: open? The new one's open per Alex Grichke. He just he's on the line. I'm about to go to him in a second. But uh, um, the new one is open now, and the new one is going to be awesome uh, for us kayakers that want to get out and, and be able to reach North Jetty and South Jetty and out along the beaches and stuff and the, and the buoy line because obviously it's going to cut down a pile of paddling or pedaling. So, but with that being said, everybody has to understand that while it's a new boat ramp and it's going to be cool and exciting and everything, us as kayakers, we, we, we need to use common sense when we're going to launch at, at Port Canaveral, all right? So if you got, if you got a, bunch of, a bunch of boats that are showing up, if you're the first one there, if you can unload – and like literally unload and drive away and get back and launch and get everything out of the way so the boaters can go, you yeah. shouldn't have any problems. But don't show up at the boat ramp early in the morning or in the evening and park your truck at the ramp and drop your kayaks and then take uh-huh. your time rigging baits and grabbing your buckets and your crates and your stuff, you know? Have all that uh, stuff ready. You know- I, what I would do is... I'm sure there's a staging area just like at any boat ramp. I would pull up, I'd stage, I'd get everything in my kayak or everything accessible to me that I need for a day's fishing in the port. Drop the kayak when you get to the when you get to the ramp. Drop all your gear. Send somebody off with the uh, send somebody off with your stuff and get the heck out of Dodge. It that does go anywhere for sure, Mike. But the yep. but the difference is the difference is. You don't find anywhere near the boat traffic anywhere else along our coast as you will at port canaveral so I, while I, there I, might I, be go ahead
2: no go ahead no i was just going to say you do that at port canaveral i guarantee you, your kayak will not be will not be sitting on that ramp long <laughs> i mean i guarantee yeah. you it would not be yeah. there <laughs> you
0: guys got to understand port canaveral is a different animal altogether and and you know it is what it is but there's there's commercial fishermen that launch their boats there there's a lot of guys that that have been fishing port canaveral for years and years and years that launch their boats there and you you really really have to just be cognizant of getting the heck out of the way and that's why i prefer to launch in the back uh obviously if i'm going to go out and i'm going to fish the ocean i'm going to launch at the new ramp but if if I had a choice between the two. I would prefer to launch in the back because it's quieter. It's a lot slower pace. There's not as many people using that ramp back there. And, you know, I can kind of take my time. And plus, too, there's enough room to get yourself out of the way where boats can come and drop, you know, guys can come and drop their boats in and you're, you're out of the way completely. So, um it's, it's, it's a topic that the etiquette topic is one that always seems to come up. And let me go ahead and grab Alex and put him live real quick. And uh, so there we go. And then uh, what's going on, brother?
3: How's it going, guys? What's Chill. up?
0: We're just, talking, we're just talking a little bit of etiquette. Um, we had a discussion in the Space Coast Kayaking group the other day. Um, which actually was kind of cool at one in one hand and kind of comical in another, where one of our own yeah. called out some other people and turned out to be guys from our group and they that. manned up to it yep.
1: yeah
3: that wa that was uh of course i was I was thinking it was all the more comical because I was reading it after being out where I was fishing doing my mothership trips with people literally. Sitting directly on top of me. <laughs> so yeah. Pot liquor. Was, yeah. Pot liquor. Was, yeah. Pot liquor. Yeah. Them dang pot liquors, man. <laughs> They'll get you every time. But uh, you gotta know what's up, you know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, yeah, it is. It, especially at any boat ramp, if a kayaker's launching at a physical boat ramp, I'm, I'm a, I'm a. I'm a captain. I'm a guide. Uh, when I pull up to a, a ramp with my my boat on the back and I'm on a charter, I'm there to do my business. I'm there to do my work. And the last thing I really need, especially if I'm you know got people waiting to get on the water, is somebody doing you know doing their deal i'm you know i've I've launched kayaks at boat ramps quite frequently, and it's all about being prepared and understanding where you're at. Um, doing a little reconnaissance before you decide to your stuff out is a really brilliant idea. Um, I noticed uh, one thing about the new boat ramp out there towards the east um, is it had some nice grassy areas that were kind of off to the side. Obviously, you're not going to want to load your kayak and then drag it across the concrete down onto the boat, you know, onto the ramp. However, if you have a wheel cart, which most people do at this point in time, you know, loading your boat, loading your stuff, getting everything set up off to the side, completely out of the, 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 the run of the, the boat ramp, and being able to just wheel yourself down, drop your boat in, maybe take your, uh, your wheels up and throw them in the thing, or you know maybe go for the, uh, the launching off the dock method. All those floating docks are no more than a foot off the water, and it's a real simple task to get your kayak into the water, one, and to get yourself in and out of the kayak cuz all you got to do is kind of scoot your butt over. It's almost virtually the same level as most of the kayaks sold these days. So, it's a it's an easy thing that that if you do it correctly, it can be fun and and if you do it wrong, it can turn into everybody's worst nightmare cuz boat ramps can be that way, you know.
0: Yeah. And and that's just it. I mean, um we we kind of I don't know It would be nice to see at some point most of the public ramps having an actual kayak launch.
1: And And I'm talking about.
0: Good.
3: I actually had a client that was one of the, or is one of, I'd assume. I don't know. I haven't fished with him in a while. um, One of the engineers for the port that was working on the new ramp, and I offered, "Hey, I'll put it up. I'll put up the money." Let's put in a little side ramp for kayakers and jet skis because we can share with, you know, I mean, I, I, believe me, I'm the last person to enjoy a jet ski coming down a flat. If it means that I get a separate launch off to the side that's, uh, you know, out of the way of the guys with the boats that are that are quick and nice. You know, there's people with boats that are just as bad or worse than any kayaker will ever be. Oh,
1: absolutely. I mean, You see people, I mean... I-
0: I can't tell you you how many times I've gone to Port Canaveral to launch during dolphin season or whatever, and uh, I've watched dudes drop their boats in, tie them off to a cleat. They've got five people standing around in the boat, twirling their thumbs, waiting for Junior to go park the truck, and then the whole time you're sitting there like, can not one of y'all drive the boat? (laughs) Can not one of you back away from the ramp and then pull back up and pick up your buddy. Like it's the most insane thing, but you know, as far as us kayakers are concerned, like we said, just try to do your best to a minimalize the amount of crap you're going to take with you to make everything a little bit more streamlined, which makes sense. Anyways, if you're going to go offshore and then also too, just try and have as much prepared with you when you get there or at least stage and try and get it done this way here. When you, when you do have an opportunity to jump into rotation and, drop your kayaks and go, you can do just that. Drop your kayaks and go, basically. I mean, obviously, you still got to park your car, but if you can get a buddy, because if, if you're out there with a couple dudes with pedals, if you can get a buddy to kind of hold on to your boat and kind of pull it out of the way and stage somewhere off to the side and still open up that ramp and let people come and go, it does a lot to help us out. Now, here's something. I have to bring this up because this has been a topic that I, I'm, quite frankly, I'm getting kind of tired of hearing about in the shop is kayakers who are launching in the morning in and around the Space Coast that have zero lights on their kayaks. Now granted granted you don't you don't have to have a light per se that shines. You have to have a torch type device with you. But from experience from running the flats with a guide in the morning at O dark 30 and running at 45 miles an hour, you can't see very well. And especially if you're in a dark camo colored kayak and someone's burning around a corner or something like that, you don't have a light on, you're going to get crushed. It's going to happen. Unfortunately, it's just, it's a matter of time. Someone's going to get waffled and I, I hate to see it happen, but it's, but it's going to happen. and, if you own a kayak and you go out and you fish pre-sunrise or right around sunrise, it behooves you to spend the extra money and buy yourself a 360-degree white light. You can, you can make a 360-degree white light out of a bunch of different things and make it super cheap, right. or you can buy uh, the Luther version, or you can buy the Yak Gear version, or whoever's version you want. I'm telling you. The, the, the guides that live in and around here, uh, that that are fishing these waters every single day, are are really 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 nervous about running anywhere anymore because there's so many kayakers around, and and I see it all the time. I watch guys we will go fish Beacon Forty Two or Biolab or wherever, and we'll be you think we're going to be the first ones there because it's still basically dark, and there's two or three trucks there you know are kayakers and you look out towards the channel and you can barely see them paddling away not a light one and if i'm just saying if you've got the gonads to cross across the mosquito lagoon with no lights on your boat then hey good luck (laughs) you know it's just it's 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 not good man it's it's it is what it is also too um pfds uh, we've said it a million times on all the shows here on kayak fishing radio. If you don't own an inflatable PFD and you complain about the fact that the PFDs are too hot to wear in the summertime, spend the extra money, get yourself an inflatable, even if it's one of the fanny pack styles like Peppy likes to wear. And I used to wear those too. Um, you know, at least you've got something on you at all times. Cause if you do get knocked out of your boat Or, you know, you do have some kind of an accident or you fall out or whatever the case may be. If you get separated from your kayak some kind of way, then uh, it might would behoove you to have a vest on you. Or, God forbid you have a a major medical emergency and say you have a heart attack or a stroke and you fall in the water, it's good for body recovery. So, you know, I don't want to get put in the ground or be seen by my family members the last time they see me as a bloated mess. So I'd rather have PFD on that's going to, you know, help aid in that. So.
3: Yeah, that it goes right along with just your general boating safety rules. I mean, it, it's, it's common sense, it's aw- being aware of your situation, and being visible. I run a boat a lot of times, and, you know, there's so many hazards in the water, and your eyes are always trained on something. But especially in those low light periods, dawn and dusk, there's, you know, mistakes can be made. And if somebody doesn't have a light, it's, it's hard to argue that who was in the wrong in that situation. You know, and it, it's, it, it will be a tragic situation. And unfortunately, because of the expanding nature of the sport of kayak fishing, it's going to happen. And, and accidents like that are going to happen. And unfortunately, it will probably take that to make people realize that it's not just a plastic little toy it's an actual boat you're you're part and parcel to all of the rules of the road of running a real boat when you're in a kayak it's it's a boat you know when you're in the no motor zone not much of a deal when you're in the middle of the mosquito lagoon you're a boat just like every other boat with power on you and you need to treat it accordingly and respect it you know and and like you said, a PSD, having it on you, having it available right there on your chest or on your hip or whatever it may be, um, you know, within an instant, our weather changes. And you know that. Everybody who lives here for more than a, a day knows that all we have as volatile a weather as it gets. And that river will go from beautiful, placid to the ugliest thing you've ever seen in your entire life in a matter of seconds. Yep. And unless you, yep. unless you have that right with you. I've been in those situations multiple times where it's scary. And to imagine somebody that it may be in a kayak in that same situation, you know, where I may have been in a boat or something else and has their PFD down inside of the hatch or somewhere like that where it's not accessible, where they take two or three waves over the bow and their boat's sinking before they can do anything about it. And uh, you know it's it's, it's you got to respect nature, you got to respect the environment, and you got to respect the fact that you are a boater at that point in time. You're not just a guy yeah. in a plastic toy; you're a guy in a boat, and you need to to treat the situation accordingly, too. All
0: right. So here's the other thing that we need to a- address. That I mean, it it is what it is. So and and it'll probably hurt a few people's feelings with this one, but it's gonna it's it'll make for a much more pleasant experience on the water after the fact. So, here's a scenario. Follow me if you can. You launch at your favorite launch spot. You're not the first person there. The guy who's out ahead of you gets to the place you want to fish first. He has the right to fish that spot without you piling up on top of him. Okay? Pretty simple, pretty easy to understand. <clears throat> Treat it the same way that you'd want to be treated if you had the spot first. Whatever, I understand nobody owns the river. You hear that all the time, <clears throat> but in 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 the sake of using common sense, if you see a group of kayakers, maybe four or five dudes, because let's face it, the dirty half dozen, we we tend to <laughs> we tend to hang out and 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 paddle all around each other together, whatever, because. We don't care because we understand how each other fishes, and, and we don't step on each other's toes. In fact, if anything, by working in a group, we do a, we do a much better job of finding fish than you would if you were by yourself in a lot of cases. But regardless, so you're paddling along, and you see you know one or two kayakers up ahead of you, whatever. Paddle, paddle as far out and away from that person as you possibly can. And when I say that, we've done it. All of us have done it. You'll be paddling along, and you see a guy up ahead of you, and he slows down to cast at something or whatever, especially at no motor zone. It happens every time you go north. Um, leapfrog the guy, but if you leapfrog him, give the guy like a 500-yard berth. And, and it sounds like, like I'm crazy right now, but when you think about 500 yards, it's only five football fields. But what you're doing is you're giving the guy – an opportunity to fish some water that's not dirty now because you paddle through it you know what i'm saying so we had a guy remember this peppy we had a guy one time we're out there in no motor zone there's four or five of us were in a line fishing together and this dude literally paddled like right through our group yep and and straight to the north and didn't even like hang to the outside, he just went straight through us and went straight up the flat, didn't even slow down, just paddling as hard as he could, spooking everything in God's creation all around him. And we all just kind of looked at each other like, really? It doesn't even make any sense, you know? But this this situation isn't just strictly a kayaker's issue, all right? And we all know from time to time in the Mosquito Lagoon, the what the guys I like to call googans that drive around and find somebody who's hooked up to a fish and they use people as fish finders those guys are out there it's going to happen okay you're going to get a guy in a flat skiff eventually will follow you around or will come up and see you whatever um, you know handle it the best it, way you can you know but yep,
3: Try yeah. dropping kayak in on a local, a local known reef and see if that doesn't act like a magnet.
1: Yeah, oh, really. Oh, man,
3: right? So, <laughs> so yeah. uh,
0: work, think about it the other way, too. Think about it this way. Say you're paddling along, same thing. You got to your launch, you got to your launch spot. You launched. You're happy. It's early in the morning. Things are going good. You're paddling over to your area. You like to fish. Boom, there's a flat boat there. Okay, it's not cool to get within a hundred yards of the guy and paddle around him. All right, my my general rule of thumb is if you can tell the make and model of the boat that he's in or the kayak that he's in, you're way too close. All right? I, I used to go by the old adage: if you can tell what shirt I had on, if you could read the wording on my shirt, you're too close. Or if you could tell the color of my shirt, you're too close. But that's Sometimes that's a little, a little overkill. Yeah. But understand, too, that when you're out there, you know, if you give these guys that kind of respect where you either turn around and go somewhere else or just sit there and wait for them to power off because it will happen. You know, guys with skiffs don't have, don't have patience. So typically, it's, not you, Alex. So uh, um, I didn't have it it's, today.
2: I was off like crazy. It's,
0: <laughs> but, you know,
2: Chuck, it's one of those things now in um, – the kayak fishing sport is growing so fast is what it is, and we're having so many new new people, new guys out there, new anglers that have never fished off a kayak before something like that. and they're just doing it for the first time. I've already seen it several times with newbies, I could already tell the're right. newbies, and they don't know how to look for a school of fish, they don't know what the etiquette is as far as another kayaker. if I'm sitting there fishing stopped in one spot, working this one spot, they don't know I'm working a school. They don't They don't have no understanding that I'm working at a school of fish or something like that because it's, it's happened to me several times. Like that one time, I think I told you about it, that was fishing a tournament, and I'm working a school of fish, and here comes this guy paddling, comes straight in to the school of fish that I'm working. I'm sitting there with my arms up going, really? You know, and the guy had no clue what I was talking about. You know, he had no clue what was going on. The school of fish took off under his kayak. He had no clue they were even there. And he kept on going. I just, you know, I just wrote it off, whatever, kept on doing what I had to do because I was fishing a tournament. And next thing you know, he goes over to where Alan's at. Alan is working a school of fish. does the same thing to Alan.
0: Crazy. <laughs>
2: same guy, yeah, but the guy had no clue. You know, it was one of those things. The guy comes back to the, to the when he comes back to the weigh-in, the guy's, I mean he was stoked because he caught a trout right.
1: so
2: you know right there when I thought, like oh you know it's one of this this one of you know this guy just doesn't know you know' it's like yeah we you know we sort of need to teach these people in a way you know what what how how it's done you know and and because a lot of these people a lot of them nowadays you know there's a lot of newbies there man they just don't
0: know they don't know tell me about it every day we're selling kayaks to new newbies. Guys that are just now getting sure. into it and stuff. So it's uh, it's crazy to see the uh, to see the explosion of the sport uh, on our end. I mean, dude, Saturday we sold eight kayaks, I think, including three Hobies and a bunch of other boats. And uh, I think oh, half of those people had never have never kayaked fished a day in their life. So my yeah,
1: it's <laughs> it, it, I
0: mean, we we are literally just about out of boats at the shop we've had an incredible uh, run of sales the the industry as everybody knows is just growing and growing and growing and uh it, it's it's uh it's just crazy it, it's, I'll, it's i'll tell it's you right nuts. now
2: chuck on saturday when i went out on saturday morning it was pitch black dark stew and i was still in titusville and i was right there by the 7-11 when i was in that little area right there i i, I mean i'm not joking. I must have seen between the seventy, the bait shops, the Seven Eleven, and where Captain Hooks was over there in the corner. I must have seen. Not, I'm not joking. At least twenty
1: kayaks
2: that morning on Saturday morning there yeah. in that little area. And I, I sat there and I go, "Oh my God! I could not. I've never seen that before in my life. I've never seen that many kayaks in that area before like that, like what I saw that morning."
0: And Dude, come, it, come it, to the shop. You could come to the shop in an afternoon, like on a Saturday. Come to the shop in an afternoon like around 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock and sit on the porch and watch the number of, of kayaks that go by. It is – it's ridiculous. It, it, it far surpasses the number of boats and boat passengers. There's no it's, – it's stupid, dude. Like I sat, I sat on the porch one day and I, and I counted for probably a 20-minute span 60 kayaks. 60 boats, 60 kayaks going by. And that's just passing my store. That's not obviously all of them because a lot of people shoot straight down Garden Street out to 95 or whatever. So it, it's nuts. It's absolutely crazy. And it's a good thing. It's a, it's a great thing. you know. And we're going to see that at the boondoggle. We're probably going to see an, an increased number of locals that will be at the boondoggle, which translates well into the next thing we need to talk about real quick. So you know, before,
2: you get into, before you get into something else, Chuck, that's another thing. You know, it's growing, so, this is, it's growing so much in Brevard County, the kayak fishing and everything is growing so big that we need to find a way of doing a movement, some type of movement that we could do with the county. We need to get kayak launches out there. We don't have any yeah. kayak launches. We need to I get think. them somewhere or another. We need, to, we need to try to get the county to do this.
0: Yep. No, no. I, 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 to, I totally. I mean, I totally agree. I think that it's a, uh, um, it, it's one of those. It's one of those things that we just. Someone's going to need to just bite the bullet and contact the county and see what we can do. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll take that responsibility. Responsibility on. I'll. Uh, I'll Wait. contact. I'll contact the county uh, parks and recreation tomorrow, and uh, and see if maybe even maybe even what we can do is we can either say we'll partially fund or we'll come up with the money to fund putting in launch like little launch areas at all of the public boat ramps because what we can do something simple as some indoor outdoor carpeting some sand and and just a leveler you know just to kind of make it kind of easy to, to get in and out it doesn't have to be fancy we don't need you know a fancy area all we need is something that's rock free and concrete free and you know, somewhat easy to get to. So we'll, uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll I'll do that tomorrow. I'll contact the the county and see who I can talk to, or at least put the word in and see if I can get someone to contact me back. But, uh, you know, one of the things also too, uh, Alex, you're going to do a seminar still next month, correct? Correct. Yes, I am. Cool. Alex is going to come to the shop. Uh, KBB outfitters. He's going to do a seminar, uh, beyond the breakers type seminar. um, for our area here to pretty much make you a more consistent angler off our beaches. Um, You guys know kind of the deal with where we're at. We don't really have a whole lot of um, bottom structure or anything like that. I mean, we're pretty much void of that. So it's a seasonal based fishery. Alex will tune you guys in to everything that you need as far as uh, how to make it happen, get out there and get after it, whatever. Um, Yeah. Go ahead. No, I think we're
3: also gonna go ahead and. Uh, I think we're gonna go ahead. Sorry about that. I on right. again. Uh, uh, I think we're gonna go ahead and focus too a little bit on that new boat ramp, um, and and the uh, the kind of boon it's gonna be for our ability to kind of reach out past the breakers, uh, and be able to launch uh, in seas that are less favorable for launching in beach conditions, but still favorable for kayaking in. Um, which there's a, a, a wide span of sea conditions that that it's going to allow us to be able to work that buoy line. And, and we're going to focus on the bite and the buoy line. And, you know, we're right on the right on the precursors of the mullet run here in the next month or two. And, um, you know, we're going to be in fall here shortly. And, uh, and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be an exciting time. I'm looking at possibly uh, setting up stuff, too, where I can ferry boats out there for people. Um, maybe uh, pick a couple days a week or something that I'm willing to drag people's boats out to the tip of the Cape, you know, with the skiff, uh, your kayak just kind of haul you out there and you make your way back, make your way back kind of situation, you know, maybe with me kind of shadowing. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a good time for us in, in the kayaking, especially getting beyond the breakers, having that boat ramp and the accessibility and, uh, and you know, utilizing utilizing that off-the-beach bite, you know, because there's a lot of really good fish out there, and uh, it's definitely a good time.
0: There you go. So we haven't – I don't think yep. we've actually pinpointed a date yet, but as soon as we do, we're going to let you guys know here and also, of course, on social media. Um, but the boondogger. All right. Boondogger! Boondizzle, I I have to talk about it because I've agreed to help uh, this time here at Cars Park. Um, I am not the guy who's putting it on, thank God, (laughs) Um, but I am the guy who will just be kind of annoying on Facebook and making people not forget about a boondoggle that is coming, so I'm pretty good at that. Um, Don't forget that it is not, registration has not opened officially yet even though a few of us were able to register because they screwed up. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> which is, that's, that's okay. That happens, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, and then, uh, but yeah. <clears throat> so uh, as soon as it's, as soon as it's uh, open and available to register, jump on there. The way they're going to do it, um, it's not going to be like it was before where it's kind of first come, first serve. Um, it will be, I guess, to a kind of somewhat of an extent. They're going to have, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, registration will be open to um, sections. So the sections that are open for, for the way that it looks now for the boondoggle do not include the waterfront. All right, which makes sense because in October, a lot of the snowbirds will be coming down. And most of the people who live at Cars Park during the wintertime take up the the waterfront spots. Um, Obviously, site site
3: nine. Site nine is mine, so yeah, can have that.
0: Obviously, (laughs) Alex has already kind of staked his claim. He pretty much lives there. I think he gets his mail there most of the time. But um, (laughs) so, you know, Alex is will be the exception to the rule with that. Uh, For those who listen to the show and our friends from Space Coast Kayak Anglers and such. Um, we are, we've kind of decided that we're going to try and make the area of D as in Delta, I believe, um, kind of our home for that weekend. So if you guys want to, uh, register as soon as it opens up, try and get in on D as in Delta. Um, that's pretty much where the Space Coast Kayak Angler Party will be. If you want to call it that, our little contingent that always shows up to all of the, uh, boondoggles and you know wherever you find peppy and alan and wade and randy and me and alex and everybody else you know that's where the party's at <laughs> so everybody else usually tends to go to sleep at like eight o'clock or nine o'clock and we're usually the ones that are the last ones awake running around campgrounds being chased by the invisible police and running in the fences so um there is there's always that. chat But, uh, yeah, so it'll be Columbus Day weekend, all right, uh, October. They do have water and electric hookups out there. So if you have a small camper, you want to bring that, you can. If you want to uh, tent camp, you can. Um, You pretty much have your options of how you want to go about staying there. And if you're coming down for the boondoggle and you, you don't wear the pants in the relationship and you're not allowed to camp, there are hotels that are located somewhat close to, um, somewhat close to the venue. I'm talking within maybe a fifteen twenty minute drive. Uh, that's fine too. But when you come to Cars Park for the festivities, you must turn in your man card. So that's that's there's that <laughs> right. Can't go to a camping <laughs> event and stay in the Holiday Inn like it just doesn't. That, that's not cool. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna catch some. I'm probably catch some. <laughs> Black for that one but whatever um, yeah and oh also too uh, it has come to my attention that some folks from the out of state area would like to maybe hook up with some of the locals who uh, may have some inside of Iggy on where all the fish are at and that kind of thing for that time of year for the boondoggle that might be a good idea to uh, hook up and join forces with some of these folks you guys know how the boondoggle works most of you um, it's just people from all over the, all over the country, all different walks of life that come into town for these things. Uh, you'll make some really really good connections and really good friendships this way. And uh, who knows, maybe one day you're going to go on a vacation and might need some inside information on what's going on in their neck of the woods, and maybe even they'll offer up a couch for you to sleep on or something. So, uh, good opportunity to do some good too. I mean, we get to fish here all the time, so we're kind of blessed that way. Um, it might would be cool to take a couple people. I know. I'm planning on opening up—not registration, but I'm going to open it up to where I will fish alongside of a group of people from out of town. I'm going to limit it to the number of people I'm going to, I'm going to you know, have follow me around or whatever. But um, it might just be a good way to, to kind of welcome people to our neck of the woods. But and then also to uh, raccoon kicking contest—that is a great idea, Wade. We'll see so you can punt a in the furthest. <laughs> uh, also, too, there's been some folks who have asked about uh, rigs and lures and things like that to bring. Um, dunked it. <laughs> if you guys aren't in the chat room, if you're listening to the show via podcast <laughs> or whatever, and, you, and you, you don't follow the chat room, it would behoove you to do that one night. Get in the chat room and just... Oh God. Anyway. So, um, where was I going with that? Oh, some guys have asked what kind of rigs what kind of lures or kind of stuff to use. Uh, I'm going to be putting together basically space coast tackle packs. All right. It'll, it'll consist of some of my personal favorite baits that I like to use. Um, I'll get Peppy's insight on what he, what he would throw in there. We'll kind of make it the Monday night kickoff show tackle pack right? Alex will give, give his insight too. We'll kind of drop a few different lures into a Plano box and have those available for sale. Um, the first night of the boondoggle, you know, on the, on the cheap, I'm not going to be holding anybody to the coals for it. You know, we'll of course, give you guys a great deal on that kind of thing, but it definitely will t- help to take the guesswork out of it and you can kind of show up and just grab one and go. So, uh, there there's that. And then, um, what else? There's some other stuff, too, that are going on over there. Uh, the Vendor Village deal looks like it's shaping up pretty good. Uh, Kayaks by Bo is going to be doing um, kayaking demos or kayak demos throughout the uh, weekend. So we'll have pretty much everything that we carry will be out there. Um, we are, indeed, if you haven't heard, um, again, a native dealer, again. So there's that. We'll, we, uh, Thank we'll God be probably be hanging out with with Woody and (laughs) and the guys. Uh, of course I'm sure Hobie will be there and, and ocean and some former fashion will be there and, uh, in old town. Um, and then I'm, I'm working on some really cool stuff too on my end from my side of the store who will show up maybe or whatever. I know there's also going to be some demonstrations and some seminars and stuff that'll be put on throughout the weekend. Uh, might be calling on some of you guys to, uh, to maybe step up and put on a seminar for the boondogglers. We'll talk to Adam and Mark and see what their plan is with that. But should be a fun and, build.
2: And one more thing, kids' events. There will be having kids' stuff. There will be, Absolutely. There will be stuff
0: planned out for kids. So Absolutely. Yep, there will be kids' events. There are going to be plenty of giveaways for kids. Bring your kids out to the thing. You know, we're going to – the thing about a boondoggle, while, yes, there's some shenanigans that take place when the sun goes down. It is definitely for sure – a family-type event, and I am very, very happy to say that we have never had a physical altercation at a single boondoggle, which, believe it or not, yeah, that's a big deal when you get 500 kayakers together or 500 fishermen together and and add alcohol and everything else to the mix, and uh, and they're from all different walks of life and all different kind of things like that, um, that there isn't any Issues like that. Now, there has been problems with people being a little bit, well, what's the way we say? Um, Well, forget about being drunk, because that just kind of goes without saying sometimes. But um, doing inappropriate things in and around an area where there could or could not be some children hanging out. Okay? And the the individual who was guilty of this up in Pensacola or pretty Key knows who he is, if he's listening. Uh, that kind of stuff won't be tolerated. So we'll go ahead and throw that out there right now. And that's kind of the thing too is, uh, you know, we, we kind of patrol our own, you know, kind of keep everybody under, under tabs. And I don't think we're going to have to worry about the, um, the pro staff palace. I don't think that's going to be at the, (laughs) at the, uh, at this particular boondoggle. However, if these guys decide, if everyone decides they want to show up and, throw down another Pro Staff Palace, you're more than welcome, but let's keep it under 100 this time. Um, that's pretty much it. It's going to be a great time, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Everyone's going to go out and have a great time. Like I said, the kids are going to really enjoy it. The wives will, re- will really enjoy it. There will be some local vendors there as well, and you know some of our good friends from the local area who have small businesses and things like that. It will be, it'll be good. So I think that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it for now. Um, you know, once we hear back from Mark and Adam a little bit more on what's to be expected for the next boondoggle, uh, or what they may need as far as boots on the ground, then, uh, we'll not to be confused with pants on the ground. We'll, uh, you know, we'll figure it out. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds like it's going to be good. It's going to be a good oh, time. Oh, and then we, we were talking too, Peppy. We were talking about doing a, uh, some kind of a low country boil um so That's we'll right. be looking to do, looking to do that i know alex i know between me and you we've got enough connections out there at the port we can probably get a pretty good price on shrimp and stuff so um absolutely look to do that because unfortunately no, russ can uh russ uh Ru- i talked to russ already about crawfish and they're they're out of season so that won't happen but uh, we can get a pile of shrimp and some crabs and some sausages, some boudin or whatever. And uh, although Russ can bring that – oh, man, that venison sausage he brought one time was really good. Um, but, yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. It'll be a good time. It'll ruin my, uh, my little diet thing that I'm on, but it's cool. It's worth it. Take one for the team. <laughs> Take one for the team. All right, well, Alex, listen, uh, if anybody wants to get with you and go out on a, on a charter, whether that be by kayak or by skiff or by uh, center console, mothership trips, whatever, with local lines guide service, how do they get a hold of you, brother?
3: Uh, you just give me a call at 321-480-3255 or uh, hit me up on the old website at uh, locallinescharters.com. Of course, I'm um, splashed all over that social media stuff, too. So, you know, it's not too hard to find me out there, either.
0: Yep, indeed. Brother, I appreciate you calling, man, as always. And uh, feel free to call again next week, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that boat ramp and other things that we need to do. Um, oh, yeah, we got
3: um, – actually, hopefully, you'll be able to do some uh, some stuff and, and – uh, get next week and maybe we'll have some serious fish stories to tell next Monday afternoon.
0: Yeah, we're going to attempt to uh to go play. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we will
3: ho- we will hope everything comes together.
0: Indeed. Uh mister Peppy right, uh, Later Alex. Yes, sir. Um Well,
2: let me thank my sponsors here. Um Native Watercraft, uh Carpool, Aquabound, Harry Goods, Slayer Inc. Lures, C Deck, KBB Outfitters, Kayaks by Boa Hook One, Yak Attack, Ram Mounts, Tailing Toads, RCA Optics, Herrera Esteli Cigars, and Temple Fork Outfitters. Awesome. Yes, sir.
0: That's c- that cigar that cigar you gave me at, at Allen's tournament was ridiculous.
2: Oh man. Yep, and
1: you know what? I'm out right now.
0: I need to get more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm things <out>. were good. <laughs> and things were good for sure. Um, appreciate that, brother. Thanks again for being here and helping me out with this crazy show. And uh, look forward to next week. We'll um, I don't know, man. Come up with a topic we'll talk about next week. I'll, I'll leave that one up to you. Um, but of course, I want to thank maybe my. Go, my yeah, hey, maybe
3: hey. Next week, next week we'll just do uh, we'll do uh, not getting spanked by huge snapper.
1: <laughs> oh. Uh. I guess I'm out of that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm out of that one
2: because I surely got spanked, so I'm out. <laughs> hey,
3: Pep, Pep, you shouldn't feel bad. You are certainly not the only one, my friend. <laughs>
0: Uh, hey you know what's funny man is people underestimate how strong those fish are they really do our 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 red snapper on our coast man are are some angry angry fish but uh with that being said i'd like to thank rci optics of course tackle webs hobie uh real adrenaline energy drinks ego nets eno adventurous custom rods sir mr Durwood Roberts says uh brought us in some new Brought us in some new rods, seven foot two, medium action, 6- to 12-pound class rods with microwave guides on them. They are built on American Tackle Broschuto blanks. I believe I, prom- I pronounced that correctly. Um, they are awesome. They are awesome. Uh, the 7.2s, I'm retailing them at $149.99. Uh, they were just at, Dean asked there in the chat room. I also have a couple 6.8s left at the shop. Listen, folks, I have completely switched over to throw in these rods with the microwave guides and I absolutely love them. It's not because i get a super special deal or whatever. I had Durwood make me one just because I was curious and he wouldn't leave me alone about it. And then after fishing that one rod, I was like, no, nah, this is it. This is, this is the answer. So now I have in my personal collection, I've got two of the six eights, a seven, two and a seven, four, all the rods that I'm going to sell at the shop are basically built to my specs. So it's a, a rod that it was, I guess you can say I designed. Um, I know you guys will like it. It's a, it, They're awesome rods. Check them out. Uh, you can also contact him as well on doing straight custom stuff. He's actually in the middle of doing a uh, custom fly rod for Tucker, uh, the young man that comes into my shop and helps out. And then Steve Lester's getting a custom fly rod. Uh, Mike Welsh, who was in the chat room earlier, is getting a custom jigging rod. So, Durwood Roberts at, Advent- at Adventurous Custom Rods is your one-stop shop for all things custom rods. The guy does unbelievable work, and I uh, can't thank him enough. And then, of course, PowerPole, Slayer Inc., Bending Branches, Intova Cameras, and, of course, Seadeck, the original non-skid for your kayak. So definitely stop by, check out any of those vendors on Facebook. I'd appreciate it if you gave them a shout-out and told them you heard about them here on the this, on this show. That would be my sponsors, Peppy's sponsors, Alex's sponsors, anybody who's on this show. If you guys can take a second out of your time to say, Hey, I heard about you on kayak Mission radio. We would greatly appreciate that. Um, we will be bringing on board, hopefully soon, a actual show sponsor. One of our first true show sponsors. Um, actually, sorry, second, this will be our second true show sponsor, uh, because we have a uh, as well between Peppy and I. So, um, Moving forward, look for cool things to be coming we're going to be doing some giveaways here on the show and that kind of thing as well and uh, that's pretty much it. <clears throat> sorry about the uh, technical difficulties this this evening wish uh, wish I would have been in about five or ten minutes sooner that would have helped out a tremendous amount but as it is, I feel that uh, we covered a pretty good amount of topics tonight so if you guys have any comments questions or concerns regarding the show you want to contact us and maybe have us talk about something specific. I saw in the chat room there that uh, we were asked to maybe do a fly only show. I think that that's something we can definitely do. Um, in fact, you know what, why don't we earmark that for not this, this coming Monday, but maybe the following Monday we'll do kind of a fly only show and we'll discuss, um, different flies we use and you know, whatever, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, we'll make it work. But, uh, so we'll do that, not this Monday coming, but the following Monday we'll uh we'll do the um the fly only show. That'll be cool. Anything else guys? Any last minute things you thought of or anything we need to go over before we get out of here? That's about it. Cool. Alex? Alex? They got gone. all right guys well listen definitely appreciate all your support please tell your friends about our show um we're going to start doing a little bit more in the social media as far as promoting the show the way that i used to sending out invites for the show and everything like the i like to try and get those chat room numbers up back to where we were um you know a couple maybe about a year ago we were up in the 20 to 30 people per night in the chat room alone um that would be awesome it's a lot of fun when uh, we can't concentrate on the show cause we're too busy laughing at what's going on in the chat room. So, um, but with that being said, if you're not a member of 90 seconds, if you're not a member of space coast kayak anglers, feel free to join us on Facebook space coast kayak anglers. Uh, we do not have a website. We just simply use Facebook and that's pretty much it. So yeah, take a kid fishing, be safe, have a very blessed and safe week. And we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. See